I sat down with my bowl of popcorn, drenched in butter, just the way I like it. I picked up the TV remote and flipped through the channels. It was the same old stuff as always, advertising for the newest toys or soap operas about Italian families who never get along. I stopped at the news channel. There have been reports of an escape from Rockfield Prison. A man who murdered 37 people, including three police officers, was reported missing from the prison today. He was last seen by inmates yesterday night around 9.40. It is still uncertain if he escaped, or if he's been killed and hidden by enemies in the prison, although another guard was found dead this morning near his cell. I got up from my chair and walked to the kitchen. It had been months since I last had popcorn. I had forgotten how much butter to put on it. Hadn't put enough. I put it down because I had a sudden urge to pee. After using the restroom, I walked outside and got in my police cruiser. I roamed around the neighborhood until I found a house with no cars, but lights inside. I parked the car on the road and got out. I walked to the back of the house and through the window saw a light. I could see someone on a computer on a website with a black background and red logos everywhere. As I was walking to the window, I looked down at my right arm. The orange jumpsuit was bloodstained up and down the arms, and some was on my chest too. I decided to keep it that way. Better to surprise this victim. The flames are in full force now. Glass is shattering from the heat generated from this inferno. Even the charred wood is beginning to splinter. Unable to withstand the weight of the second and third floors above. You know, it is fires like these that made me want to become a fireman. To see raging death dart across the floors. Walls and ceilings is an incredibly beautiful and mystical sight. Don't you agree? With each person I pulled out of this burning tomb, I saw more and more flashes of cameras from my fans and admirers. It feels incredible to be loved and honored like a hero. It is intoxicating even. I cannot get enough of it. That's why I keep going into the jaws of death to save these irrelevant people. People like you. What they do not know is that I already know how the flame is going to spread and I know where it is safe and where it is not. That's why I started the fire. There. There. And over there. Unfortunately for you, I cannot pull you from this beautiful place. You're the last one in the building. Well, besides me. My fans tend to question how dangerous fires like these can be if no one dies within them. That's why I must leave you here. My people must know how much danger I put myself in. The adoration is more sincere that way. You understand, don't you? Look, here is some advice for you, my friend. Inhale the smoke. Trust me when I say that it is better than the alternative. Okay then. See you after the cinders die out. I hear them every night. 
screams. It's always very quiet before they begin. Silence settles upon every single house and shop and person as all await the psychological plague they know is fast approaching. During this silence, it is as if, for a moment, our whole world comes to an ice-cold standstill. Colour and feeling and life leave us behind in a dark, horrifying void. And just when you think it will never end, the sound of hell is released into the streets. In but a moment, the silence which echoed so loudly in the mind is replaced by shrill, pained cries that rip through the air, the mind and the soul, like a knife. I used to cry and cover my ears when I was young and scared and blind. I would try my best to block out the sound, to convince myself that it wasn't real, to do anything to make the agony stop. However, over the years, I have come to realize that there is no escaping the merciless grip of reality. I now force myself to listen to what I know is the truth. It could save me after all. You see, these screams belong to a specific group. They are known as the Renegade. They are the insubordinate. The ones who fight. Those who refuse to conform. Those who are not content with the lack of knowledge of things that are hidden from us. Anything from speaking out against those in power to leading full-out rebellion gets you in the ranks with the Renegade. This is also what gets you into the affliction. We don't know much about the affliction. What we do know is that it is where those in the Renegade are taken to be punished for their sin. We know it's where the screams come from, and we know that any sane person would never, ever want to go there. Its purpose has always been clear. They want to scare us. To make an example of what happens to those who try to go their own way. However, I don't think it has worked out the way they wanted. If it had, the Renegade would have stopped a long time ago. They haven't. In fact, I think they're getting stronger. There have been more rebellions. I've heard more whispers of what could come to be if we just fought to make things better. However, the thing that has changed the most is the screaming. Every night of my life, I've heard the pained cries. And they've always seemed the same to me. But now, as I stand in the streets and listen to the shouts of the renegade, I noticed that there is something missing. They no longer contain fear. They are laced with something different. Something I would never imagine they could encompass. You're not going to believe what happened to me. I was alone at an unusually long red light at about three o'clock. I swear the traffic light was staying red by coincidence. Anyway, I was sitting there thinking about 
how busy my day will be tomorrow when a knock on my driver's side window made me jump. After I turned to see what it was, my heart skipped a beat. The nuisance was a kid of about 15 years old wearing entirely black. What really startled me, however, were his eyes. They were as dark as his clothes. I don't mean the kid's irises were black. I mean he had no whiteness in his eyes at all. I didn't want to open the window. Who in their right mind would? My gut instinct was telling me to just go through the red light. But I decided to roll down the window anyway to see what the little old boy wanted. He asked, Hey mister, is there any way you could give me a ride to Park Street? It's just a few blocks up. I had never heard of this street before, but had no intention on asking more about it. I told him that I was in a hurry and wouldn't be able to give him a ride. The boy then tried to assure me that where he was going was in the same direction as my destination and would only be a few minutes. Again, I declined it. Now, don't think I'm not a good Samaritan. I've done my share of charity work. It's just in that moment I knew if I were to let this person in my car, the outcome wouldn't be good. The boy then started to become more anxious and even upset that I wasn't agreeing to the ride. Come on, mister, it's not like I have a weapon or anything. If you let me in, I'll even let you pat me down. When he said that, I started to really get nervous. Not only does him offering a pat-down sound like a type of entrapment waiting to happen, but the way he said he didn't have a weapon didn't sound quite right to me. When he said, it's not like I have a weapon, it sounded more like he was saying, it's not like I need a weapon. My response to him was, sorry, I don't give rides to minors. There's too many legal ramifications that could arise. The next thing the kid said was the last straw. His words were, Look, just tell me you'll give me the ride. You don't have to really give me the ride or anything. Just say that you give me permission to go with you. If you do that, I'll stop bugging you. Immediately, I replied, Sorry kid. Rolled up my windows and ran the red light. Of course, there was a cop around to witness my transgression. Who knows, maybe it was a big setup. At first, I felt relieved to see him, but that soon dissipated once he handed me a ticket. I think telling him about the black-eyed kid, an insanely long red light, may have caused him to want to give me a ticket. He acted as if I was trying to lie myself out of a fine. Go figure. That's an interesting story replies Gina with a smile. Although, I think you may have overreacted. I mean, the kid was probably wearing those Halloween contact lenses that make the eyes appear dark. You said he was wearing all black too. Maybe it was his style. Oh no, if you were there, Gina, you'd realize that there was something evil and maybe even unworldly about that boy. I'm sure he was evil in child form. Besides, as I was driving here, I realized that part, spelled backwards, is trap. He was trying to lead me to a backwards trap. 
Now laughing, Gina sarcastically replies, Wow, let's be sure to tell everyone to beware of the terrible evil that is lurking about. John, still with a serious face, calmly replies, If only you were there. It's getting late. I best get going. Honestly though, I still feel nervous driving by myself. Especially now that it's dark. Don't worry, Gina smirks. I doubt the spooky lad is going to get you. John walks out of Gina's apartment and into the elevator. Suddenly, a young pre-teen runs up. To his horror, this girl had the same black eyes. Sir, can you please let me into the elevator? Immediately, John hits the door close button, which doesn't react. The young lady, now strangely standing in front of the open elevator, asks, May I ride down with you? Not knowing how to respond, John hits the door close button one more time to no avail. He walks out and answers, You know what? I think I'll take the stairs.